Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Broad Street Hockey Radio, that's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. It's true. There was almost a little bit of fun. Uh, it, it almost happened. For one night, I granted myself a reprieve and rooted for a victory instead of a loss. And of course, they still lost. And they did so in a fashion that was most annoying, garnering themselves a loser point. Uh, but so be it. It was an entertaining game. Sometimes you lose. It's okay to allow yourself to be hurt, to open yourself up and say, tonight, I'm not afraid to say what I want. It would have been cool if they could have beat the Penguins in G's last game as captain of the team against Sidney Crosby. That's it. It would have been cool. I wanted it. They didn't get it. Uh, So be it. There's a lot going on. Most of it Claude Giroux related. We're going to get into all of it. Uh, but first off, we got to hit the intros. Let's lead it off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. That was a real bachelor ass intro that you just did, where we're going to like open ourselves up and be vulnerable and allow the like, flyers it's to really, hurt us. That's it's what the it key is. to a strong relationship, fam. That's what it is to me. People are so <laughs> people are so mad at the team that they will not allow themselves yeah. the possibility to be hurt. And it's like it's all right, man. It's sports. Like you're a fan. This yeah, is the whole point. We do here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was going to talk about how I hate the Flyers and I'm dead inside, but there's two minutes left in the Canada game, so I'm going to mute myself while the rest of these people <laughs> talk, and I watch the end of the game. From the New York Times, Athletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. <clears throat> so I want to tell a little funny story about my vacation, because um, I was obviously not here last week. So... Um, the Flyers obviously played two games last week. I did not cover them because I was on a, um, like, I actually took time off. It wasn't just like I didn't feel like doing it. I actually was on vacation. So You think you're better than me? I do, actually, yeah. Um, so anyway, so Wednesday uh, was the first Flyers game during my vacation because obviously they had the uh, the All-Star game and whatnot. And the, basically, the, like, the first leg of my trip, I went to Napa Valley with college friends. And then second leg of my trip, uh, I had purchased like a new york trip for a couple days for my mom for her birthday so we went up to new york and all day wednesday we were like running around doing touristy things we go we get dinner at like 5 p.m get back to the hotel uh around like maybe like a couple minutes after seven and i ask her i'm like okay well we've kind of been doing you know doing stuff all day like do you want to do anything do you want to go out just want to hang out in the the hotel room like what are you doing she's like you know what i want to do i want to watch the flyers game and Charlie, you like, can't ask your oh, mom no, for a divorce. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Mom. What? <laughs> You're not allowed to ask your mom for a mom. divorce, Charlie. No. That's not where this so, story's allowed how? to go. So, Mom! I I'm up, so upset with her. I ended up watching the Flyers game <laughs> on Wednesday on my vacation. I did not. I, I purposely stayed off Twitter because I'm like, nah, I can't do that. I'm, I'm actively avoiding that hellhole. 
But I still watched the Flyers lose that terrible game on Wednesday, which is kind of funny. That's honestly I mean, sometimes you just gotta laugh. Exactly. I'm just leaning full in and <laughs> I'm I'm laughing. Like Bill I went on post game with Bill last night and Bill was real mad about them losing. I'm like, no, listen, it was fun and uh, it was also funny. So we're just we're rolling. That is Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. And Steph, I can't even say I was mad. Like I wanted it because it seemed like they wanted it for G. Like they had a little bit extra last night. There was just something. They had a little bit extra pace. It seemed important to them. Giroux scores the goal. It's Crosby's 500th. It's his. It's G's last game as captain against the fly against the Penguins. I, I wanted it for him, and I was disappointed that they didn't get it. Like it is such like looking at this team. I, I said this last night. How the fuck are they supposed to close out games? Like, yeah, yeah. They have six NHL players. Exactly. And, like, and that what was, are they supposed yeah. to do? <laughs> At a that certain was point, I, Zach McEwen takes the ice, and he's not the worst player. Yeah, that was what I think the, the thing about last night's game was, which in a way, like, no one wanted to hear it because it's a Penguins game. Yeah. But, like, to me, like, last night's game was kind of, like, as acceptable of a loss as you're going yeah. to get because every single player, maybe with the exception of Sanheim, who didn't play well, but, like, pretty much every single established NHL player on the Flyers played really well. It's just that they lost because half the team probably shouldn't be in the NHL, and every time they were on the ice, they got killed. Like, they blew that, they blew that 4-2 lead because Isaac Ratcliffe took two penalties in third period, the second of which leads to a power play goal because how many times can you put Sidney Crosby on the ice on the power play, especially against the Flyers, and have him not score? Or him create a goal or something. Like, it's going to happen. And then, 18 seconds later, they give up another goal because you put out Connor Bunneman, and Morgan Frost and Cates, I think was the other guy. Like, the only guy out of those three who maybe should be in the NHL is Frost, and he had a real bad game last night. Oh, so like, We're going to get into Frost. Yeah, so, you know, they didn't lose that game because the actually good players blew it. They lost that game because the actually good players were the only reason why they were winning. And then the guys who really shouldn't be here basically gave it away because they really shouldn't be here. And it stinks. It's frustrating for fans. But, like, you look at that and you say to yourself, okay, I understand why they lost that game. They lost that game because they only have half of a clear-cut NHL roster. And the Penguins took full advantage every time the half of the roster that isn't clear-cut NHL was on the ice. Like, that's what happened. That's why they lost. Yeah, like, the Giroux line, the Lawton line, they're fine. It's that, like, the other two lines aren't comprised of NHL players, and that's a shame. It's tough to say. It, it sucked less. And that's, like, that's what I was trying to get across on post game. Like, even though they're terrible and we want them to lose, it's okay to still like them. Like, I like the <laughs> Philadelphia... No, like, I like the Philadelphia Flyers. I am a Philadelphia Flyers fan. They make me fucking mad. Like... I, I think the direction of the organization is shit, but I like them. Uh, and that's just, you know, I wanted people to allow themselves to get into it last night. Some did, some didn't. Um, Giroux, man. What a perfect... And I'm Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. I said that already. Did you? Yes, yeah. I did. Because I didn't do my Kevin Hayes. Oh, okay. You can do that now. My Kevin Hayes was, he was at the practice facility on valentine's day that was monday and people were very very concerned that he's going to play this season because he was there 
But listen, guys, it was Valentine's Day, and this is a man who texts his teammates every day telling them that he misses them. He just wanted to be with the homies on Valentine's Day. That was it. Let's all calm down. I'm concerned he's going to play because they've done this three times already. I know, I know, but listen, he wanted to be with the homies on Valentine's Day. We're going to normalize being with your homies on Valentine's Day. I just, if they let him play again this year, someone belongs in prison. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Hague. Yeah, no, it would be a war crime. (laughs) Anyway, we'll get into that. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to derail it. I just had my Kevin Hayes joke to make, and I promised on post-game that I would do it today. Well, Mike Yo, I believe, said yesterday at practice availability that essentially the decision on Hayes is going to be made on March 1st. That's like the line in the sand where it's going to be, okay, do we want to try to get him to come back because we think that's the best move for him, you know, from a health standpoint, or do we need to shut him down and have him get more procedures? Which, like, the thing is, like, neither of those are good options. That's the scary part about Hayes. Like Hayes, no, they're not. Hayes is the guy I'm the most worried about in terms of the future, just because, really? like, I mean, they can't seem to get this right. And if they're considering having another surgery, which, like, would be the third major surgery and fourth procedure fourth he's had procedure, since, yeah. since May of 2021, like, now you're starting to get legitimately <clears throat> worried they just can't fix this. Yeah, I just feel like this eventually they will fix. And, I hope so. And a back is a back. Now, uh, I've I read your whole thing about the fatalism of, you know, the Couturier injury, and I agree. Like, just saying, oh, he's fucked because he's got a back injury. None of us are doctors. But if you've ever heard of anybody with a back injury, uh, it's it's rarely, like, a thing that just goes away. So I'm a little more I concerned about the guy entering the eight-year contract. Mm-hmm. Who, I can't remember the last time my back didn't hurt. I can't imagine being a professional hockey player with a back injury. Like, that's your back hurting every day plus. But I want to lead it off with Giroux. I want to lead it off with Giroux today. How'd it go, Kelly? How'd the game go? Canada lost 2-0. Ah! Fucking wild quarterfinals. I'm sorry for your people. I kind of think so. It, Canada and USA lost. Yep. Yeah, both out. I think it's, it makes the remaining tournament more fun. To be honest, that's nuts. It's also very. I have. I've got. It's very. I watched USA last night, oh, but I couldn't watch. I, yeah, I couldn't I watch Canada did. this morning, so I'm going to watch the replay in a little bit here. I don't want to derail the show by talking about international uh, hockey. Let's talk I about Claude Giroux. There's plenty. There's oh, I think we have two months to talk could. about fucking Claude Giroux. <laughs> but I'm just going to say it's like it's like super interesting because like. You know, the general consensus is, like, these are the two hockey powerhouses They're so far the ahead of the other nations. They're so far ahead of all the other nations. But, like, you take away the NHLers, and, and both of them are kind of, like, average. Or yeah. at, I've been saying you know, for a while it'll be ROC that wins gold this year. They have an advantage. But we'll see. Yeah. They, they absolutely have, have, their, they have their professional pros. league. It's basically... I mean, they, you know, they have their whole professional, professional league, league, but they're not... I mean, none of those professional leagues are as good as the NHL, obviously. Um, no. But, but it's, it's just very than... interesting to me. They're better than, like, you know, juniors or guys. AHL yeah. or retired Eric Stahl. Like, you know, it's, you know, they did. Mark Stahl? Eric Stahl? Whichever one it was. No, I, I, found, was I found out Mark Stahl one. is still in the league last week. <laughs> oh, and it's Eric. He's on the Detroit Red Wings, apparently. Ask Stahl. <laughs> one of the Stahls. <laughs> 
Uh, but like uh, last night, yeah, it's oh, it's. Sorry, I just want to keep talking about the Olympics for a second. So Russia, but not Russia. You know, they're they're not in the same time zone, but they're in the same hemisphere, and I think that that also helps in competitions like this. Um, it doesn't hurt. I think that's probably closer. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Um, and they have. I think the last time I checked, they're the KHL in terms of competition is a little bit better than the AHL. Uh, that was the last time I checked it. It's been a while I since the, the last K time I checked. I think the K and the professional Swedish league are considered above the AHL, no? Charlie might Yes. Know. I was uh, going to say. The, the yeah. If, Swedish league, I think, is on par with the AHL. It just, it, it's not really. I mean, I think what you're probably thinking about is the <clears throat> uh, the translation factors that they've That's used. That's exactly what I'm thinking yeah. about, the math. So, like, so the KHL, yes, absolutely has, like, a higher translation yeah. factor or had the last time that the person who does it did it. Um, than the AHL and I think it's probably the better league I think the SHL is a little bit below it, but it, it's just they're just different leagues yeah. like obviously yeah. the, the AHL has an element of development to it you're trying to develop young guys there's a mix of you know the the lifers and then the young guys who are trying to to make the NHL obviously everybody's trying to make the NHL but the young guys are the guys that have a better chance whereas the KHL is a purely professional league that's you know there's a couple young guys but they're not it's not a developmental league it's just like mm -hmm. The NHL in Russia, essentially. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I would probably say I would rank it like NHL, KHL, AHL, and then the Swedish league. I think I would put the Swedish league under, just because I've seen too many guys from the Swedish league come over to the AHL and struggle for a while. Like guys, That's who good were, point. guys who were good in the SHL and then come over and it takes them like a year or so to figure out the AHL. And granted, there's an element of stylistic to, to that. You know, you know, smaller ice. You know, more physical over over in North America, a little bit, a little bit quicker. But I do think the AHL is probably the better league comparing the two of them. But they're just different. They're different leagues. It's just interesting yeah. to me that, like, if you remove the advantage of having literally the best players in the world, like the the Canada and the U.S., it seems are not able to put together super competitive international hockey teams. Which is interesting it's, to me. I, I wonder if it's, it's the way it's, they're putting them together. Like, maybe they're going to, like, this is what we would do if it was NHL players. So let's find players that aren't in the NHL that fit these boxes. Like, probably. Do it. I'm sure they that's how it is. Well, because, you know, it's probably not the 20 best guy. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Well, remember when, remember when they did allow NHL players in the Olympics? And it was still a fucking nightmare. Well, yeah, Remember yeah. the Bilesma Team USA? Ooh. I will never forget <laughs> or forgive Dan Bilesma yeah, for what bad. happened. You all have never forgiven Dan Bilesma for that. I, I it never was real bad. It was real bad. I and never, then, like, ever will. And then, so then of course, fucked there's... Up. Both USA and Canada fucked up when they built their teams. Canada was just so stacked with talent, it didn't yeah. matter. Um, I, I think Russia is going to win gold this year. I think Sweden will place. Um, I don't know about bronze. Um, Finland, I think, is one to keep an eye on. Switzerland, I wait. What, what are we? Are we talking about the men's? Yeah, because yeah. we're Cause we're we're because is... we're down to four teams. So I mean, we oh, yeah. are we? Because yes. I haven't watched yet yeah. this morning. So, we, so yeah, so we've who, got who do we have? We've got um, Russia or whatever they're being called. We RFC. have Sweden, RFC. we have Finland, and we have Slovakia, who upset the U.S. last night. Whoa! So it's going to be, um, let's see who's Gold, going Russia, 
Yeah. Silver I'm going to bet on the team that's so, doped out of its eyelids to win. Finland is playing Bronze, Slovakia, yeah. which I feel like Finland-Slovakia should be an easy Finland win, but then you didn't think that they would beat the U.S. either. And then Russia-Sweden, which could actually end up being a battle. That's going to be a really, good, be a really game, good game, I think. Yeah. And they're playing on NHL regulation ice, which actually drives me insane. And I don't know why it drives me insane, but I hate it. Why are they? Well, one one thing that's interesting about Slovakia, definitely interesting about them, if you're going to watch that game, I I would think these amount of people who listen to this pod probably watch the U.S. game, so they're not not unfamiliar with this guy. There is a prospect playing for Slovakia who's been their best player, who's a draft-eligible prospect. Yes. Slavkovsky, I believe is how you pronounce his name, and he's going to go in the top 10. Uh Flyers are going to be drafted in the top 10. Uh So that's a little interesting. Oh, baby. It's spicy because it's spicy because he's real big. So you could see the flyers being like, "Oh, big boy, smash!" and then just ended up like ass overhead getting themselves a goal scorer because they're stupid. Um, I want that. He can shoot. That dude can shoot. I know it it would be super fun if that's what happened. But uh, you just made the entire you just made the entire fan base horny. He can shoot. Yeah, like that's pants feelings. I've got the pants feelings. Fully believe the Flyers are going to lose enough to end up drafting first overall, get Shane Wright, and the the next Nolan Patrick thing is going to come true. What is, what's his last name? Slap something? It's like a... Slavkovsky. It's spelled very strangely. That's such a cool name. He's a big, big boy. I I only want this guy. Nah, he's like 6'4", but I mean, he's big. He's He's big. He's big. big as hell. Who's six seven? Is Fedotov six seven? Did I just make that? Fedotov is six seven. Yes. Okay, that's where I got that. Number. Okay, <laughs> I wanted God to. Bless. I, I meant to put Fedotov in the outline just because. Um, is there any chance we ever bring him over? Yeah, I think they're trying to. I um, want him. I want him to be back up next year. Yeah, I want him to be I'm back really up like right now. Then. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like let's either let's either we have an awesome goalie, another one, or, or he stinks and the tank is on. Like yeah. Perfect. Let's go. I need to. I need to see. I need to see that big ass boy in that net. I asap because I want to know what we've got here. Because here's the thing: if he's also really, really good, like eh, things get interesting. So here's yeah. the thing I will say about about him, and just about like KHL goalies in general. It is a low scoring league. So like you look at his stats and you say to yourself, "Oh man, this guy's awesome." And like I know, but he might be, but. Like every goalie in the KHL has over like a nine fifteen save percentage. It's just the way the league works. I want so, our Igor Shosturkin. That's what I want. He could be. I, I do not he's, think he's Russian he's, and yeah. also a goaltender. So how it works? he could be just like, like yeah, Felix just like Sam- Felix Sandstrom could have been. Yeah, exactly. exactly. He could have been. Yeah. He fit all the boxes. He still might be. We don't know. <laughs> could be. You never As, know. <laughs> As as we're talking about goalies, just a little aside, I'm I'm talking to um the the guy who is responsible for the Steph Driver and Hockey origin story, which will be a podcast at some point. Um, which I think will be really funny. I asked how many goalies he could name since the Flyers traded Bobrovsky, and I like we capped out at twenty, by the way. Like this is the Flyers. I mean, they had half of that in one year. Yeah, right. (laughs) Half of that in one year. So, if we can get a new, you know, the Flyers. I don't even. I can't even say Shisterkin. I can't say it. Yeah, you're right. I'm just gonna mumble through it and end with Erkin. Uh, (laughs) Igor, it's fine. Merkin. 
Igor. Like, that would be really fucking cool because I don't want any more goaltenders. I want heart. I want a solid backup. That's it. That's it for the rest of my life. 1A, 1B. Sorry, Carter. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, like, in terms of what this team badly needs, high-end talent, if you have two good goalies, well, you could turn that into, like, more good players and one good sure goalie. Sure could. Sure just, could. Just that's, thought. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. The game last night, Claude Giroux, um, it was, like I said, I was disappointed and like I allowed myself to enjoy the game and it was fun and it was like, it was an exciting game and they haven't played many of those like all year. Um, I, I, I wanted it for Giroux and that was a shame, but it was, uh, almost a perfect encapsulation of his tenure here. Like his goal, he wins the defensive zone faceoff. He makes the plays to get the breakout through the neutral zone. He corrals a puck out of his skates and scores a goal. Basically an individual effort to put the Flyers on the board. And then the next shift, they just shit themselves. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden, sudden, it's 2-1 Penguins. Then the Flyers have like, oh my god, they scored three goals in a period. Who would have thunk it? And then the lead just disappears like that in the third period, and then they lose. And, of course, it's fucking Giroux with the turnover and over, like, of of course this is how it goes. So, like, the lasting memory of that game, let's blame him. Like, meanwhile, he's the only reason we didn't lose for nothing. Uh, And it's just, god damn it. I really felt for it, but it was, like, the perfect encapsulation of this tenure. And me and Steph were talking on post-game last night, like, I just need this over with. I I was hoping, like, the Flyers would win last night, and that was it. We traded Giroux before they got back on the bus. Like, see ya, it's over with. Now I believe it's going to be 12 more games, and he's going to get to 1,000. The the 1,000th game will be uh, Thursday before the deadline at home against Nashville. Seems like uh, the time to me. But uh, it's over, man. Like, this era is coming to a halt, and it's... uh, it fucking, this team's terrible. If I was Claude Giroux, and I'm definitely not, but if I was, and that sequence happened where I had that great goal, and then next shift, they throw out the fourth line and the third pair, and they just get killed. Like, and I was still on the fence about whether I'm going to weigh my new movement clause. That would have been the moment. That would have been the moment when it crystallizes where it's like, yeah, I need to get out of here. What I is physically... it with the fucking fourth line after a goal? Like, why? Why do coaches so, love so, it? That? So here's why? the thing. Here's the thing with that. Because I get, like, everybody being pissed off. Here's the thing. Pittsburgh sent their fourth line out, too. Yeah, it's but just this the, is good. But, like, <laughs> like when else are you going to throw out the fourth line? You got to throw you, you You can't roll two lines. You can't do it. You can't. So, like, if you're going to put them out there, I guess put them out there against the other team's fourth line and hope that they survive. Now, they can't because they're not that good. And Pittsburgh's fourth line is actually good from an NHL standpoint. And that's the, like— But, like, I get why they were out there because it's like you got to give them a shift at some point. And, like, if they put the third line out there, the same thing probably happens. Like, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> like Flyers, were, the Flyers last night were a two-line team. They yes. were a two-line team, and you can't just roll two lines. You have to—and they, they barely— I think, Bunneman had like four minutes. Like they they they, they, yeah. did, they did try not to use those guys. It's at just, some yeah, point, 
you have to use them at some point. At some point in the third period, McEwen was at like 332. And it's no, like, game, they have to play. Was, this game was some serious, um, like, 2010 Stanley Cup final. Yes. Third pair vibes where, like, every <laughs> single time Ryan Parent was on the ice, you knew the Flyers were either giving up a goal or a high-quality scoring chance that the goaltenders were going to have to make a massive save on. That was exactly what last night felt, except it was, like, every time the Drew line and the Lawton line wasn't on the ice, you were like, all right, well, they're going to be buried in the D-zone, and there's a decent chance a goal is going to happen because they just can't do anything. Yeah, no, it was like two and a half minutes of ice time minus two and a fucking penalty. Like, that's yeah. that's what they all looked like last night. Um, in terms of this <clears throat> trade front, if I'm Drew and that happened last night, like, I'm physically waving my no trade. I'm like, Waving up to the press, to the owner's <laughs> box. Like, this is me that. waving. This is me waving. <laughs> Trade me right fucking now. Like, straight up. Um, it t- in 32 thoughts, and it's a, it's a couple of places, but Elliot says uh, the Flyers are scouting Colorado. That stuff is, is out there. They're scouting their AHL squad. Um, Florida is apparently involved. We've heard a lot about the Central Division teams. Uh, the Blues and the uh, Wild. So there's a market there. How do we think this plays out? Like, do you think there's some element of waiting for a milestone like a thousand games or waiting for him to get a chance to say goodbye to the fans? Like, say last night, he he is like, I, I'm done, please trade me. Do you think they would wait until after, like, say Thursday when he gets to play in front of the home crowd again? Okay, so number one, I really, really, really do not think they are trading Claude Drew anytime soon. I think okay. a lot of a lot of this talk surrounding hey. Claude Giroux right now, and I'm saying this as a member of the media, is driven by the fact that trade rumors drive ratings and trade rumors drive mm. clicks, and we are trying desperately to engage an audience and make money. So we're acting like Claude Giroux is going to be traded in three days, and I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I, that is exactly what the fuck I said on post game last night, and but, Bill and I got into a whole argument about it. Like the, it is not going to happen anytime soon. Claude Giroux is not going to be moved. I'd say within the next three weeks. Like we're we're I, in for it, the I don't, trade I'm deadline isn't for another like, month. Is, is anyone saying day. he's like the trade is imminent? Like I haven't heard that. No, but I you like they're talking. There's no talk. No one has, has to, to say keep it. Talking on the phone. Oh, I mean, look. The wheels are in motion. Fletcher and Joe Sackick have had a conversation at some point. Of course, of course they have. The wheels are in motion. But the fact of the matter is, is that the media can present things in a way where they don't have to say a trade is imminent. But if they just keep talking about it, everyone starts to think it's imminent because why else would the media be talking about it every day if it wasn't imminent? Like, I don't think it's imminent. Everything I've heard tells me that we are still in the early stages of this. That said, yes, things are happening. I think that the most the most consequential report that has come out over the last few days, and there have been quite a few from people that are throwing out like, this is who the Flyers would get from Colorado. This is what's going on. This is the list that he's given. I don't think we're there. We really don't think we're there. But the most consequential report that came out yesterday, which I think really does bode well for the Flyers, came from Pierre Lebrun on TSN's Insider Trading last night. And basically what Pierre Lebrun said was that, Drew has not yet made his final decision whether he's waiving his no his his no movement clause. Which, from what I've heard, that's I've I've heard the same that anybody who said that Claude Drew is straight up said that he's waiving 100 percent that that's not true. But 
we're down the path to the point where at the very least he hasn't ruled it out because Papersan, who is his agent, is now engaging teams to kind of get an idea of like, hey, if you guys were going to trade for Claude Giroux, like how would you use him? What's the fit? You know, how do you envision him fitting with the team? You're interested would, in extension. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a little bit of like, hey, would you, is this a rental thing or would you guys be interested in extending him? Like, he's trying to get a read on the situation and he's talking to quite a few teams. And I think what's going to happen is they're putting together what's like kind of like a short list. And then if Drew makes the call, like, yeah, it's over. I'm waving. They already have the short list. They can give that to Fletcher and then boom. Now, the reason why I think this is good news for the Flyers is that I've said from the get-go, and I believe that Chuck Fletcher and the Flyers are on the same page with me on this, that Claude Giroux has earned the right to decide how his Flyers career ends. That if, number one, if Claude Giroux decides, I don't want to leave. He pulls a fucking, um, you know, uh, Leo and Wolf of Wall Street. I, I ain't leaving. Like, that's fine. Because you know what? It might not be the best thing for the Flyers organization, but Claude Giroux's earned the right to decide that he wants to finish his career as a Flyer. I don't think it's going to happen, but, like, it could. And if it does, then good for Claude Giroux. But the follow-up to that is that there was always a chance that Claude Giroux could just make the decision that I want to be a member of the Colorado Avalanche. And that's the only team I want to play for. And if that was the case, Flyers weren't going to get a lot in a trade because Paprasan could make sure that Colorado knows that, hey, he's only willing to, to accept a trade to you guys, and they could be like, all right, here's a second-round pick and some C-level prospect. Have fun, Flyers. And the fly, it's better than nothing, so you take it. It's exactly what happened with Buffalo and Taylor Hall last year. Well, if Claude Giroux is giving the Flyers or is – is looking at this as being like, all right, which teams, as in plural, would I be interested in going to? That helps the Flyers a lot because that allows the Flyers. If, if we're talking about Colorado and St. Louis and Florida and maybe a couple mystery teams too, suddenly then you have bidding and suddenly you can create a market and suddenly you might be able to get a better player than you would otherwise or a better pick than you would otherwise. So to me... What I heard over the last couple of days makes would make me, as a Flyers fan, feel better about the idea that they could get a decent haul. I don't think they're going to get, like, a massive, massive haul for Claude Giroux. But I think it's less likely, based on what's been coming out over the last couple of days, that Claude Giroux is going to just be like, I'm only willing to go to one team, you figure it out. I think he's going to give the Flyers options, which should help Chuck Fletcher in his negotiations. I, mean, I do if think, he's... though, that I, I, I kind of... I'm just ready for the idea that to me and maybe most people, whatever we get for Claude Giroux is not going to seem like enough. Sure. Of course not. Well, because like whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. It's Claude like, unless Giroux. it's, yeah, unless it's Connor McDavid one for one, like people are going to feel slighted, but it is what it is. Like you're, you're not going to get Claude Giroux level talent back for Claude Giroux. That's not how it works. So yeah, just get ready for them. No, I'm just like, I'm, Depending on what they want, you know, I assume they want, you know, because they want to, you know, they want the aggressive retool. They're not rebuilding. I assume they want at least a roster player, prospect, whatever, uh, rather than like all futures. And I I'm looking at, I'm looking at the Forsberg return. Like if they can get a Hartnell team and in sort of return, that's awesome. Like two useful players. Um, if if Giroux somehow allows it to become common knowledge 
that he's only willing to go to one team. Like, I, I don't see who that benefits. Well, it benefits Drew because if he only wants to go to one team, right. he definitely gets to go to that team. Yeah. Or he doesn't because we say, no, that's not enough. I don't think the Flyers would do that. They'll take nothing. Well, if to he, get, they'll take something to get something. If he'd Charlie do it to them, why wouldn't they do it to Like, if they would fuck him, that, the Flyers over, why, would, why wouldn't we fuck him over? Because then he walks for nothing. Okay. So you if get you're getting, something for him. Uh, uh, that's nothing. Like, uh, 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 like, the next Morgan Frost and a mid-round pick is nothing. No, I understand what you're saying functionally, but like in reality, it is two things. I and mean, two things are more than <laughs> thank you, Kelly. The zero thank you. things. Are they two they things? Just walked. If they are two things that never affect the NHL, which they won't. But they, it's could. nothing. It's no, they nothing. could though. It's a, yeah. it's a spin of the wheel. They might, but like the the literally zero things are definitely not going to help the Flyers. See, this is, this is. I wanted to get into this because last week Charlie wasn't here, and we talked about the idea of seeing Giroux win elsewhere. And wherever Giroux goes, I will be rooting for that team. But there will be, let's say, 10% of me that is like, God damn it, I wish he had done it here. Like, why couldn't he have given us one more run? I mean, sure. I think everyone, you know, who follows the Flyers really wanted Giroux to be lifting the cup in Philadelphia. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's always going to be an element of bittersweet if he were to win elsewhere, absolutely. But, you know, that's kind of on the Flyers. Like, it sucks for the fans, to be sure, but it's on the Flyers for not building a better team around. They had time. They had more than enough time. Oh, they had they had over a decade, and here we are. They're worse than ever. Uh, it's, it's really, I, yeah, I, I agree. Sorry. I agree with Charlie. It's not on Giroux and Giroux has done his damnedest for this city and it'll be bittersweet. I, it'll be bittersweet. I, I remain delusional. I think he's staying. I don't think he wants to leave and it's all in Giroux's hands. It is. Well, if he wants to stay, he's a fucking loser. Like, I don't, I don't know what else well, to say. Then like, he doesn't care about winning and this is why the team was never any good with him. That like that's that will be my opinion if he stays. Eh, I think that's your opinion anyway. <laughs> I love Claude. Claude Giroux's my like favorite flyer of all time. I love Claude Giroux. I, but I, I mean, if, I, I I would say if Claude Giroux stays, it would probably be a combination of number one, you know, the idea of not uprooting his family. Number two, he has been convinced, which. The fans certainly aren't, so I guess maybe we'll have had information that, that people aren't privy to. But he will have been convinced that the Flyers can quickly turn this around. Oh, boy. If he is convinced by that, he's got more brain damage than Eric Lindros and needs to fucking retire. Like, uh, Jesus Christ. If, if, if that's like a belief in his head after sitting here in this organization this whole time and going, yeah, this, no this group of people, they will figure it out. Like, no um, that poor man. How does he get to the rink? <laughs> that poor man. I don't think that. I, he, I honestly. He must not like tie his own zero. skates yeah. if that's the case. Oh, there's, I don't think there's any possible way. Just based on like uh, body language cues that we see from Claude Giroux right now. Like, I don't think there's like, any way he's looking at the team around him <laughs> and coming to the conclusion that, yes, this can be fixed. He, I've never seen. Like, I think we talked about it last week since the Joe Thornton gif. 
I've never seen a more defeated man in my entire life. It like I really, Done. really felt for him last. Like, dude, you really you gave us, and that's like I I do hold his playoff disappointments against him to some degree. However, I f- we know I, no, but however, I fully recognize this team would be this bad without him this entire time. So can we talk about the playoffs for a second? Because there were some tweets going around this week about his playoff, average playoff numbers versus Tyler Toffoli's average playoff numbers because he just got traded. And and there were people who were like, if you take out his two best seasons, he's real bad. And it's like, okay, well, first of all, that's not how math or numbers or reality works, number one. But number two... Take a look at those two best seasons and who was on the team with him. Like, there's some correlation there. Like, the seasons when he sucked in the playoffs, the team wasn't all that good. No, like, they had... So, like... Some of those teams, Andrew McDonald was playing first-pair fucking playoff men. Right. It's not like like the Flyers were icing a seriously Stanley Cup competitive hockey team and Claude Drew was just shitting the bed. Like, they weren't great teams. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Look, and I, I've made this argument a bunch of times, but like I don't think I think there's there's only a couple playoff runs that I would legitimately like pin it on Giroux. and not even pin it on him, but be like I wish he would have done more. Like I, I people people go back like all right, let's go through. So first playoff run he was in was in uh, 2009. He was great, top scorer on the team. They lost in six games. Second one was 2010. Scored a game-winning goal in overtime. It's still like a final. He was also awesome. Great. He's one of the reasons also, they were there. Yeah, also great. 2011, 12 points, 11 games. Also great. 2012, that was the the crazy Pittsburgh series. Also great, aside from the fact that he got himself suspended for the uh, the final game of the Devil series. But, like, he was incredible. That was the best player yeah. in the world, Claude Giroux thing. 2014, six points in seven games. That was the Rangers series when they were... Um, clearly the worst team of the two, took them to seven games anyway, that's fine. 2016, that was the year where he had one point in six games. That was also the year he was playing injured and had to get the surgery right after. So, like, yeah, he played like crap. I understand. 2018, that was, that wasn't great. That's the one. That was, that was bad, but that was, that was very much a team that, like, it was the most, maybe the most top-heavy Flyers team I've ever seen. That was the year where it was him, Voracek, Couturier, Konechny, who was on the line with Drew and Couturier because he was probably just a product of Drew and Couturier, Provi and Ghost, and like that was it. That's it. That that's the team, and they played against the Penguins, who were able to throw three lines of a team at them. So like I can understand why he got you know he was slowed down, and then you had the bubble playoffs, which like yeah. Could have played better, but, like, it's the bubble playoffs. Like, I don't even know if I fully consider that hockey. Yeah, um, the, yeah, the bubble playoffs. And, like, I thought he played well in the bubble playoffs. It just, like, necessarily wasn't he was fine. He just on the scoreboard. Um, he could have played better. Like, yeah. that, the, the bubble playoffs, the frustrating part of the, about the bubble playoffs is that that team, that team was actually good. Yeah. And... If yeah. if there was a time, that's probably the one that that's that's the most disappointing. If there was a time where like if Claude Giroux had taken over that playoff, they could have at the very least gotten the conference final. And I don't think they would have beaten Tampa, but it could have been fun. 
Like if Drew was point per game in that playoffs and was firing on all cylinders and was just rolling, like that Tampa series gets interesting because that was a team where you're like, okay, they got the depth. They got the, you know, they, they, they really liked each other. They had the chemistry, you know, they had heart playing real well. They had the closest thing to a competent defense they've had since, you know, Pronger's injury, probably. (laughs) Yeah. So like, that's, that's probably the one, the one playoff really where I look at it. I'm like, you know, really wish you could have been better, but it was also in the midst of the entire world burning down and no fans in the yeah. stands. So, like, I'm yeah. willing to accept that, like, that was fucking weird and some guys just probably weren't going to play their best because it was just so weird. Yeah. Yeah, like, the uh, the Washington series was disappointing, but we all know now, like, yeah, he, he had a core muscle injury and needed hip surgery. So, like, what are you going to do? And... The Rangers series, well, I think he had six and seven. Um, There were games he got taken away completely. However, we're talking about Lundqvist and the best defensive team in the league in the era of first-line Michael Roffle. Like, this is what... Yeah, the Rangers were just a lot better. They got to the final that year. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And so, like... And I, I tend to think good players are good players. It's just a shame when they don't do well in the playoffs, and they will eventually. Like, if you're trading for a guy because of his playoff numbers, like, uh, if they're better than his career numbers, would. Like, like, that's stupid. Would. That's stupid. Right. Yeah. An NHL team wouldn't do that because they know better. Well, when, they would they think. because they're dumb. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> as, as that sentence was leaving my mouth, I was like, well, do they, do they know better? Like, if this team were to make the playoffs, we'd be asking Danny Briere, like, yo, you, you got a couple minutes of game in you? And honestly, <laughs> it would probably be an upgrade. But, <laughs> I, okay, um, we'll get more into that and some other stuff. We're going to take a break right here. We'll figure out Steph's audio, and then uh, we'll be right back. Uh, yeah, enjoy the commercial. Welcome back, fam. Uh, we're talking about... Uh, Claude Giroux, the approaching, it's still a month and a week away, trade deadline. Uh, Yours, mine, and our Philadelphia Flyers. uh, Trying to get a little historical perspective on Claude Giroux. And, uh, you know, we have plenty of time for that, though, because while I do believe things are heating up, it's like a trade is not imminent. It is a fairly complicated proposition, Um, just in terms of he's got to waive his no-movement clause. The Flyers are going to have to eat some salary. I hope they cover all 50% so that they get the best possible return, personally. Like, what the fuck's mm-hmm. the difference? Buy more of a return. Please cover half the thing. Uh, you know, you want to get as many teams involved as possible, blah, blah, blah. So it's not exactly imminent. <clears throat> but it is just... Like, thinking about Claude Giroux leaving is itself complicated because of... I know, like, I sometimes harp on the disappointing aspects of his tenure, but, like, there's not a question in my mind that he gave us everything he had. Like, last fucking night. My God. If anyone ever had a reason to throw in the towel, it's Claude Giroux with this group of scrubs he's playing with right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, God, yeah. And he's out there, like, the play to score his goal last night, basically an end-to-end. He made a a play in all three zones to create a goal, including scoring it himself. Uh, It's... I just want to see the guy go somewhere and win. Um, I will feel complicated about it, but I still want it to happen. I just want him to be happy. Like, if that's here, 
or elsewhere, I don't care. I just want him to be happy. And clearly, whatever is going on right now is not making Claude Giroux. So let's change that. Yeah, I want to start I, a new chapter. It's yeah. time I, for it's, a new it's chapter. It's time. And I've decided to become obsessed with the idea of him going to St. Louis. I don't feel like St. Louis is going to win a Stanley Cup this year. Well, if they had Claude Giroux, maybe they would. I don't know, man. They still have stupid Jordan Bennington, who is like hot and cold. Billy Huso has, but Billy Huso has been awesome for them. Oh, has he? Like, okay. I believe he will be their playoff starter. Mm, um, interesting. Uh, like all year, imagine me been, talking about this. Like, I pay attention to the St. Louis. Uh, all all year, there's been four or five elite teams. In if depending on if you want to put Vegas in there on reputation or what you actually see, but. Colorado, Vegas, Carolina, Tampa, Florida. To me, those were the elite teams all year. And now, it appears, Calgary, Minnesota, and St. Louis are entering the fray of teams I believe that can win the Stanley Cup. I don't think they should be favorites by any. Like, Tampa, Florida, and Colorado are fucking amazing. Carolina's amazing. It's going to take a lot for anyone to beat those teams. Adding a Claude Giroux would be very helpful. The Vegas thing is super I, interesting because they're going to they're going to they're doing a, a Tampa and they're going to have Mark Stone back and Jack Eichel for the playoffs. But I don't I know how they could possibly they, pay for Claude Giroux. Yeah, no, I don't think he can go to Vegas. I just think they're yeah, one of the teams I don't know how they could possibly unless they were unless they were trading back salary maybe. I don't know, but I don't I don't know how he could possibly. One I just Nolan want Patrick. him in St. Louis yeah, with Braden Shen. <laughs> And Craig Berube, and that's going to be my happy place. I'm I just, just, that's where I'm living I can't, right now. I can't watch Craig Berube win again. Like, why? I don't think he's going to, man. I really, no, I, I I really can't imagine a path for them to get out of the West. I just can't. It's it. the way Calgary. Claude Giroux is the path. The way Calgary is playing, and you know, Colorado is a fucking powerhouse. Like, the central. I don't know what it is about Calgary, but I just never trust that they're actually good. I mean, this I never trust them. Yet. Yeah, this season yet. they hit. They they started out awesome. They hit a real lull, and it was like, what the fuck is going on? But now, like with Vegas having to play lineup shuffle, like Calgary might win the Pacific. It's it, it's very much in the realm of possibility. Yeah, they're having a couple of guys that are having like crazy seasons. Yeah. But so you're telling me that Johnny Hockey is not going to be a flyer? I mean, it depends on if he wants to come home. Like, that's it. I I think he might. I I think it's a definite possibility. Um, But It's definitely a John Tavares for him. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, are you going to come home or do you want to play for a good hockey team? Up to you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you want to (laughs) do. But, like, anyway, like, with Giroux, I am ready to start a new chapter. And we've talked a few times about who will be the next flyer to wear the C. I have been adamant that I don't want a captain for a little while. I think whoever gets it, it needs to be a whole new thing. Someone's really got to earn it. It's got to be like in D3 where, you know, they take the C off Charlie and make him, uh, you know, earn it back. Um, But watching Scott Lawton on this team, in in all these situations over the last few years where they've disappointed or they've needed someone to be the next man up, step up, do whatever is necessary— Scott Lawton has always answered the call. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I am impressed by this guy. He can play for my team any day. 
So I want to ask, especially you, Kelly. Oh. If Lawton becomes captain, mm-hmm. will he have fulfilled the prophecy of next Mike Richards? Oh fuck! Like I forgot that was a thing. Google and I like I was like, did we just kind of make this up? Oh no! Google Scott Lawton, Mike Richards. <laughs> That's it what it is. It's comparing him to Richards. Um, I, you know I what's think, wild I about think that? It would be kind of cool. So I feel like Mike Richards was obviously a more talented player. Yeah, I, Mike Richards I, was a point of game player at one point. I wonder if if we had allowed him to be more to be of a what he really was. Guy, yeah, yeah. The, the the way that Scott Lawton has been a background guy. Like, I wonder if it would. I wonder a lot about what could have gone differently here with Mike Richards, but everyone knows that about me. But I. I forgot that was a thing, but yes, I, I assume that that would make him the next Mike Richards. I, I just, you said you just wish... not as good. You said you wish things had gone differently with Richards. I think we all feel that way about Giroux. It's something I meant to bring oh, up God, when Charlie yes. was still here. But, like, obviously if we could change things with Giroux, like, yeah, Pronger never gets held, or Pronger never gets hurt. They keep the 2011 core together. You know, they keep Bobrovsky, whatever. Uh, we'd want a lot of these things. But, like, all that is out of our control. Like, it's kind of shit that, like, just went on. If I could change one thing about the Giroux tenure, I really feel like if Peter Laviolette never calls him the best player in the world, Mm. then that, like, that put in so many people's heads, that's how we have to judge him. Like, and it's just like, oh, he told me he loved me when he was drunk. It must be true. Like, that's what it was. what happened and like it was like oh well he's not crosby like does anyone fucking watch crosby or ovechkin and like it's not even like jeru's counterpart in the division and like it's not even like these guys are patrick kane or stamkos like just good stars superstars they're the best fucking players ever like ovechkin is gonna score more goals than fucking wayne gretzky you know the best athlete of all time. It's it, it's insane. And I feel like it's he gets unfairly compared. It's something I wanted to bring up earlier and it just remi- I just came hit my mind like I mean, if I, you take I, away that one thing, I feel like the narrative around him is a little different. I feel you, but that doesn't materially change anything about the way his career went. No. Here. I think like, we'd I don't be really, less I don't frustrated really... with people who feel the way they feel about him. Yeah, it would change it would change the ultra annoying fan base that we are forced to deal with on a daily basis. But like it I don't ever I don't really feel like that ever put pressure on Claude Giroux that made him less of a player than he would have been otherwise because no. he was already like psychotic about competition. Like didn't somebody say that like Claude Giroux would like has to win like literally everything. Yeah. Every no, like pool if game, you're every sure dead, if, if they're everything. in a like, if they're in a competition, practice doesn't end until G wins. <laughs> like, yeah, so so I don't really think that that would have changed anything except for uh, Flyers fans being less annoying. Which let's be real, they would have just been annoying about something but, else. Like to that point, I think we could have appreciated him more during his time as a whole, like the the royal way. We could have yeah, appreciated yeah. him more as a whole, and then therefore, like, the city of Philadelphia should be, uh, they have no idea what they're about to lose. Like, this should be a bigger deal sure that don't. this guy in the next month 
is no longer going to be a Philadelphia Flyer. Like, I, it just feels like it should be a bigger deal. But do fly, do Philly fans do this in other sports? Where like, because I, I feel like Flyers fans specifically always overvalue our prospects and undervalue the players that we actually have on the team for the most part, um, unless they're fourth line grinders and then they overvalue the fuck out of them. I, I, do like do do like Eagles fans do this? Like, is there like a really good Eagles that like Eagles fans are like fuck that guy he sucks, or is this just a Flyers mm. fan thing? Not really, no. Well, I think with oh, we other sports, they're typically proven right. Yeah, that's the... Uh, fair. That's the, there's never been, like, like an it awesome... it was Carson Wentz, and then they were right. Yeah, there's never <laughs> been, like, an awesome player on an underperforming team. It's been, like, players who overperform to make the team good, or the team just stinks because every... I don't know. But, like, gee, it's just a very odd, because it's hockey, and, like, the team has been bad, and so everyone thinks it's basketball... Where it's like, oh, well, it's the best player's fault. Like, or, yeah. or, and hear me out, in his prime, Michael Roffel was the left winger. Just hear me out here. Uh, like, but anyway, ready for the new chapter. I have come, I'm cool with Lawton if he gets to see. Like, if it's anyone currently on the team and they give it to somebody, like, right away, I want it to be Scott Lawton. I, I don't think that there's another person that you can make an argument for getting it right away. I've said, like I said last week, and I, I stick to this, I would like, as you said, for them not to name someone immediately and for the answer to come out of the locker room in a way that we don't yeah. understand. Like, we yeah. don't need to understand. It might end up being Lawton if it goes that way. Yeah. And, but well, if, if you're talking about, like, them bestowing it on someone immediately, there's no other guy that makes sense outside of Scott Lawton. Couturier, just because. Just because he's the yeah, best player. Yeah, Couturier. Maybe Hayes, maybe Provorov. I feel like Hayes, if if it's Hayes, I feel like that would be a locker room choice. I don't see the organization giving it to Kevin Hayes. Me neither. They like to have their guy. He's not their guy. He's not their guy. That's the the thing. Like, I don't really think that he is thought of as, like, a flyer. Like, the way that you think of, like, Claude Giroux as a flyer and Scott Lawton as a flyer because they do flyers things like kevin hayes signed a lucrative free agent contract to come here like scott lawton they drafted yeah 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 i don't see the organization giving it to kevin hayes but lawton would make sense and i'd be cool with it like i really want to be cool with it i'd be cool with couturier i i think i love scott lawton so i think that he deserves it like i obviously don't know any of their personalities but like sometimes i see like pictures of sean couturier like with a kitty cat and like i don't know if he's like a captain like he's a very very he does not come off as one he doesn't seem like a very like assertive or you know whatever like i feel like he would be another captain in drew mold where he's not going to yell at you at the locker room he's just going to work really hard on the ice and you better fucking do it too and then none of them will because they haven't before i hate this team they're real well, annoying. We're gonna talk about some of Hate those. Them. We're gonna talk about some of them players right now. Um, oh, good. Specifically, Morgan Frost. Uh, God, what the fuck? What is Morgan Frost? Uh, I a bust. Right. Un- unfortunately. Like is is he is not his good, ceiling, fam. His ceiling to me right now is like a thirty-eight point player that you're like. It's good. I just don't understand why he isn't better. And right now, yes. that would be a fucking a godsend if he turns into that. I'm like, starting to think of him as like a like a 
a boy a King Wheel. John Stevens, where you're like a, a very good AHL player yeah. and a competent call up when there's an injury. But like your career is like AHL top liner, AHL all star, excellent player in the AHL. Yeah. Call you up, you do fine, but you're going right back down. Like, unfortunately, like, that's where I am with him. I I realize, like, Ratcliffe made some mistakes, especially in the third period last night, but in his limited sample size... Don't talk so- about my large no, adult son I, like that. I would... I, in his limited sample size, I would say Ratcliffe has acquitted okay. himself well. I want to see more Isaac Ratcliffe. Uh, Jerry Mayhew. Uh, it's such a shame he fucking broke his face for this team. Poor Jerry. Oh, uh, my no. God. Uh, but, like... <laughs> He is a guy who has seized an opportunity, and now it's like Jerry Mayhew might be an NHL player because he proved himself to be one in this fucked up season where opportunity just was everywhere because half the players on the team don't belong here. Like, Jerry Mayhew is a guy who might get to play in the NHL for the rest of his career because of what he's done in this fucked up season. Yeah. We've seen Scott Lawton in years like this grab the opportunity and show like, hey man, if you need me to play on the second line, I can play on the fucking second line. And, like, do it well. Um, and then there's Morgan Frost, who just... I, I, what I is really, he? What I is he? really, really wanted him to be something. And I, I have, on this very show, made a lot of excuses for him. Like, the injuries. Yeah. And he never really got a lot of time to play. And they keep him in the AHL too long. Blah, 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 blah. But, but you're right. Like, he's, at this point now, had several opportunities to be on the team and do something. And, like, for the most part, I think he's been fine. Like, for the most part, he he's been, been just disaster. like all the other guys out there. There's he's, no as difference. Say, he's, been, there's, he's been Mark Donk. He, like, he's not, he's not exceptional <laughs> in any way. No, been, Mark Donk is supposed to be good. Yeah. <laughs> you put Donk I'm, next, I'm you put Donk next to Crosby. And, he's getting 16 goals. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sitting back here and I'm feeling like justified because I've been saying for a while Morgan Frost is not good. I mean, because he's not, he not good. Stick. He's just a bottom. He just ca- he can't stick at the NHL know. level. And there was, what you know, they were drafted in the same draft. Nolan Patrick, Morgan Frost, and Nolan Patrick say everything about him that you want to. I don't care anymore. But he's played more games at the NHL level than Morgan Frost has. Well, he's supposed to, and he's been he's better. Second overall pick, even. But still first round. Morgan Frost is a first round pick. All right, but there's like a big difference between 27 and 2, right? Yes. I mean, yes. We're not but doing, I'm not, I don't want to do any more Nolan asinine. Patrick. Nolan Patrick stinks. Like, we're comparing stinks. a guy no, who I, stinks I'm, to a guy I'm not who saying that He's he doesn't. Good. I'm Stop. saying people were so focused players. on Nolan Patrick that they didn't realize Morgan Frost was not developing into the player because, that we wanted him to be. Because Morgan Frost was a, an end of the first round pick that you hope becomes an NHL player. Uh, Nolan Patrick's supposed to be a franchise player. He's a second overall pick. What do we like? That's they a, it's a nonsense from Morgan Frost. Yeah, because they needed to make room for Nolan Patrick. Remember? <laughs> I that was don't part of agree the with that theory. Oh, it's part of the, the reason. It's what the guy said out loud. So right, we needed Ooh, to make Ron Hextall yeah. famously. Famous for telling the truth and, and explaining to everyone what he's actually doing and then failing in doing so? He basically did everything he said. Like, it just didn't work. <laughs> he said, I'm going to accumulate a bunch of assets. I don't want to relitigate this at all, so I don't know how the conversation is going there. I'm just saying you, Morgan you Frost is bad. 
you brought it yeah, up. Yeah, he's not not as you good. Compared him as to we thought I'm just day. saying Morgan Frost is bad. Right. Like that's all I'm trying to say. We're on the same page, fam. Let's not fight about it. Yeah, like we're we're saying the same <laughs> thing. <It's> just... <laughs> we're saying the same thing here. He's not good. And I think I said on post game last night that my feelings for him right now are my feelings that I had towards Scott Lawton um before he got fixed in Lehigh Valley. Like, I'm just completely out on Nolan, uh, Nolan Frost is what I was about to say. Mm. Um, I'm completely out on Morgan Frost. Like, I think that he's a first-round bust. I think that he's never going to be anything more than a utility player, maybe. And, and it's probably not going to happen here, which, fine. The thing that sucks care. about that is, um, like, now, now all of this is clear. And, like, I feel yeah. like the, the people in charge of the hockey should have seen that before we did and the rest of the league. So oh. so now we're going to, if we trade him, it's, like, literally the least value he's ever had before there was yeah. potential, and that's gone now. Exactly. I hate to say it, but, like, maybe the hockey people did see it. You know, like, we kept saying, I, I, like, my whole Why thing with him. didn't do anything with him then. I just mean, like, they didn't play him. Like, he was in the AHL. Uh, yeah, but at that point, then no, then you need to dump the asset. asset? Like, yeah, right. You need like, to do try something to fit, about yeah. it. You need to get like, out of that like, situation. Is it possible? I don't need to stack the AHL team with AHL talent. Like, I don't give a fuck about the Phantoms winning. They're not in Philadelphia anymore, so they can lose every game. I don't give a shit. But I could not care less. Yeah. So, if, so not playing him up here like, isn't enough. If you think he's a bust, like. I think it's possible that Chuck Fletcher could spin it like it's an environment thing. Like, obviously, look at the dumpster fire of our team this year. He needs a new start somewhere else. Like, I think it's possible that he could get someone to bite on Morgan Frost. I mean, and I wouldn't be upset. He won't be 23 until May. Like, it's just abundantly apparent he's in no way special. Um, Yeah, not at all. It's just, like, AHL this year, 18 points in 20 games. In the NHL, 7 points in 27 games. He's on a 15-game goalless drought. He's got zero two-point games and zero back-to-back games with points. He's got one point in his last 12. Like, this is almost hard to do for any any NHL player. Like, he he might just be a quad, like, he might be Jordan Wheel. Like, that could be it. And it's, it's a fucking shame, like... He's got the 30, he was the 27th pick. He's got the 35th most points in his draft class, 40th in games played. Like, he's just, he really might be nothing for this league. Just another, another one of our highly talented prospects. Just nothing. Meanwhile, just nothing. There has to be. There's something fucking going on. There's something rotten. There is something rotten. And man, you can't miss. I just like many times. You just can't miss. Who is it? Who can we blame? Is it the scouts? Is it the uh, there's got to be one person. So I do think the scouts probably have a hand in it. There's a lot of guys who've been here for a long time and haven't done shit. Very long time. And we, you know, famously saw a video of all of them sitting in a fucking room talking about how Sam Moran is the guy you got to go for because he's not Darnell Nurse. Yeah. So remember that comparison? That's the brain trust we're looking at 
as far as the scouting room goes. He'll whack you with his stick. I don't know if Nurse will. Remember that? Yeah, yeah great. Good good analysis, <laughs> He guys. can shit in the bed of a pickup truck. Great evaluation, fam. You did great. <laughs> um, so there's that. But then also, like, you know, even, even if you're just spinning the fucking wheel at the bottom of the first round, like, you gotta get one. How do we have nothing? Yeah, like you'd think, like I guess Farabee, but like not he's a hurt. germ. Like the germ sucks. Morgan Frost sucks. Who else did we take? Who else did we reach in the first round? Wasn't there another one? Or am I thinking high second with who the fuck did? Where did they take Jay O'Brien? Yeah, that was the first round. First pick. round, first round pick he after sucks, when like, we thought that they were going to take Keandre Miller. How? How? how do you miss on all of those? And like, not even get like a solid middle sixer out of that. Like, just yeah, like these guys, nothing. these guys can't fucking play. It's not they're even like they're bad. disappointing. Like, no, all we needed Morgan Frost to be was a decent three C. And it's yeah. like last night in the third period, he's got the puck in the neutral zone and just dumps it into the stands. Like, what? Uh, do, did you forget to how to play hockey? Are you are you done with this? Like, are you? I I, I, I'm just baffled by it. Uh, yeah. A couple of league things I want to bring up uh, before we wrap up the show. Right now, the Flyers are in one, two, three, four, five. They're sixth from the bottom in terms of total points. Uh, they've got a four oh six save per- uh, save percentage points percentage, which would be fifth uh, worst. I- I'm pretty sure they're going to finish in the bottom three or four. Arizona and Montreal. It is. The Flyers could lose out and not catch them. Like, with 30 games left, I think. Like, if you bring up the league standings, Arizona has 28 points, Montreal is 23. You look at their goal differentials. Negative 72 and negative 85. There's, they've both played 48 games, same as the Flyers. They're going to finish negative triple... Like, these it's teams... wild. How are teams this bad? It's a salary cap league. Everyone's working with the same fucking process. Uh, I I am baffled that it's possible. The Flyers are one of the worst teams I've ever watched, and they are nowhere close to as bad as the bottom two teams. Every time I look at the standings, I'm like, how? And the thing that's extra wild is, like, you can explain away Arizona as, like, being a team that doesn't want to spend money, small market, blah, 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 blah. But, like, the Habs? The Habs don't try to lose. Like, they don't fuck around in Montreal. Like, they're going to spend so the money. They're going to try to get the players. And they are just and like they, garbage. They've, they've got some, like, you know, Price isn't playing and Weber. Like, they, they have some, stuff, some, but they have some stuff. But they've won eight of 48 games. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's not they an never win. that tries to, to lose. Like, this isn't an, an on-purpose thing. Like, this no. is like they were really trying to build an excellent hockey team and an excellent coaching staff and an excellent front office, and they just fucking whiffed on every one of them this year. It makes me laugh in, like, the most relatable way. Oh, yeah, because the Flyers, like the Flyers it's very, try it's to very do that funny too, to me. The Flyers also try yeah. to win. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Play no. It's really funny to me because that's do it what these idiots year. are doing. They're going to do it again <laughs> next year. We are the English Habs. Like, oh, God. <laughs> it's us and them just spinning the English wheels. English Mike coaching the English, English Habs. Um, real quick with <laughs> the Coyotes. 
So, speaking of how bad the Coyotes are, now they're going to play at a 5,000-seat college stadium. They're saying it's going to hold, like, 3,000 with whatever an NHL setup is. I guess, like, with all the cameras and all the extra shit you need in there. But, like, I really believe the owners would rather have a team that makes no money so that they can have 20% escrow and never pay the players shit rather than actually generate revenue and, like, be a normal league. I think they'd prefer this. Yep. Because, like, you can say, like, Gary Bettman, you fucking loser, take the L and move the team. But he is just doing what his bosses tell him to do. Yeah. And his bosses are the owners. And they are, like, there can't be, I mean, maybe. How aren't the other 31 owners, like, this is a fucking embarrassment? It is so embarrassing. It's like so Mickey Mouse. Like, could you imagine an NBA franchise playing in a 3,000-seat arena on a permanent basis on purpose? Like, maybe if there was an earthquake and the entire Staples Center fell to the ground and then they would have to play someplace else. But, like, this is just, like, cringe embarrassing. And, like, to walk out on television and, like, talk about it like it's a thing that's... Like it's good? It's so, so embarrassing. And it's, it encapsulates everything that is wrong with the NHL ownership and Gary Bettman as a whole. Like, this team, I mean, this league is fourth for a reason. Like, fifth, probably. They're probably behind NASCAR at this point. Like, it's just a series of choices. Like, they would rather, like you said, they would rather be the fourth most popular sport. Yeah. No, like, if they ever, like, created invest. stars... They'd have to pay them like stars. Yeah, like, God forbid. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. And it's like also short sighted because, like, if you did that, then you would get a big fat television contract like yeah. the other leagues do too. No, they just want to squeeze. Like they just want to squeeze the bullshit. fucking like. Just we'll just take out of it what we can and fuck it. Like it's yeah. very obvious that's what's good. Like. It, How are the other 31 owners like, no, we're not going to that. We're not putting our players in that stadium. That's an embarrassment. It's a joke. Because I like, you, like you said, God forbid they have to pony up one single cent more than they do now. The, I mean, in the, last, in the last five years, they've brought in two teams for over a billion dollars. Like this league I, I know, is not hurting that. for money. Somehow they're always crying poor, but, like, no one ever discusses the fact that they just got $1 billion. Like, they got both expansion fees and a new TV deal. What the fuck? The the players owe them money, Bill. The players need to pay them. The players need to fucking put, I think it's at 17% escrow now. Because their their union is dog shit. So they somehow are paying the owners of their team because... (laughs) there like imagine like imagine signing a contract and like yeah but we're gonna hold 17 percent of that and maybe you'll get it back after our guys look at the books but but probably not and also like it's it's easy to be like to look at you know like a Connor mcdavid contract to be like oh boo-hoo you're not getting 70 percent of that but most of these guys don't make a lot of money for a professional athlete like he gets 12 and a half James Harden on his next deal, the final year of it, is going to be seventy million. Seventy, like, and those owners, by the way, are still making a fuck ton of money. They're doing so, just fine. So seventy million—that's the entire salary cap for the just, Philadelphia just, Flyers. Close, yeah. just about. Yeah, they're like eighty, like eighty points. Eighty-one and a half. Yeah, Love. yeah. Um, yeah, Steph- I was going to say eighty-two is is my guess. 
that's huh, love this for us. Yeah. Sorry, it's I was distracted by um creating plans for Finland ROC. Yeah, I nope. just wanted to um, last night you told me to put something in the outline about crowd slash atmosphere and like I wanted to like the atmosphere at this Coyotes Arena has a chance to be very cool. It could be. But also they're it, it better be. It's they're holding fucking three thousand people. Well that's the thing, like any professional high level sports game in a small arena is cool as fuck. But like not supposed to be the norm like the re- half the reason why it's fun when you get to see something like that is because it's not normal yeah not like they're gonna to play like 41 that. games there and like i get that maybe the for college games they have a fun atmosphere like it's probably that's college everything yeah. is fun like i mean you when you go to an ahl game in an ahl sized arena like the phantoms arena it's fun it as is hell. so much fun. Super fun. It's packed, so much fun. Packed to the rafters because the rafters are real low, and that's a lot of fun. But, like, this is an NHL yeah. team. And the thing that really sucks is, like, the, the Coyotes have actual fans. Like, there are people that live there that yeah. really like this team. And the likelihood that they're going to be able to buy a ticket to see a game in this shitty tiny arena is very low. Yeah, so imagine. you're really just boxing out your actual fans. Because... The tickets are going to be extremely expensive. Yeah, imagine thousand of them. Imagine the hottest ticket to get is the fucking Coyotes for their fourteen fans who can't even get in because, like, thing. obviously we need super boxes and shit. Like, yeah, you got to sit the entire team's family, all of the <laughs> all of the people that work for the and team's then that's family. It, the end. That's like half the arena. It, it's just it just sucks all around. It's just and it's it's so and like I'm be embarrassed on their behalf because it's so bad so speaking of that that atmosphere speaking of that atmosphere steph you wanted to say something about the atmosphere at the game last night yeah i just you know we were talking about why the flyers effort seemed like it seemed like they gave a shit last night like they were checking they were finishing passes like they were actually playing hockey and I just kind of threw the theory out there. Like, this was a, a big crowd, actually. Like, bigger than I've seen at Flyers games recently. And that could just be because I haven't been paying attention to crowd they size. Were, yeah. They yeah. were in Pittsburgh. They were in Pittsburgh. That's why it was a big crowd. Yeah. And that's why they were excited. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big night And it was, cro- like, they, everybody knew yeah. that it was going to be Crosby's 500th goal. So, like, they were already a rowdy crowd. Could, could there be any correlation between I energy from the crowd insane. and performance from the team? And everyone fucking makes fun of me. Like, you, obviously. I have paying, made fun of you in the past. I have made fun of you in the past. You're paying for a product, obviously. They're supposed to perform no matter what, unquestionably. But also. Your one job as a fan, as a fan of a team, your one fucking yeah. job is to cheer for them, to cheer them on, because ostensibly you're supposed to want them to win. Like, that's the point of this. Wow. And when you yep. go to a game at the Wells Fargo Center and you sit there on your phone and you're chatting with your friends. The last time I was at a game, I was in a box and the woman next to me, the entire fucking game was having a conversation about like school and kids like with the like they were just having a whole ass life outside of the hockey game if that's what you want to do that's fine but like maybe just maybe 
if you give your team a little bit of positive reinforcement when they do something good, which happens from time to time, maybe something happens Allegedly. I just, I personally think that there is, as you just said, there is something to the energy that a performer feeds off of from a crowd, be it a sports performer, be it a music performer, be it whatever. There is a transfer of energy. And when the Wells Fargo Center is a fucking tomb, yes, you can blame it on the team. For sure. They're bad. There's not a lot to cheer for. But you could cheer anyway if you wanted to. You could just see what happened. Like maybe try to have fun. Maybe try to will them to win. Everyone's going to make fun of me again. I don't give a fuck. That's just, I have a very No, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. This. Like, <clears throat> and, and we had, we have the, the, the one little anecdotal evidence. Like, there was a rowdy crowd in Pittsburgh and the Flyers played well. They no, didn't was, win, but like, it was a fun game. The first game it was that competitive. I, yeah, the first game that I went to this season, which the Flyers won, the crowd was outstanding. It was like the second or third game of the season, so we had not been... You know, oh, we being, didn't know that they were going to be yeah, dog shit we didn't shit know yet. yet. And the crowd was outstanding, and the team won. And did the crowd make the team win? No. Did the team make the crowd rowdy? Yes. But I also think that the crowd being rowdy gives them something to feed off of. Like, the whole thing where, like, the Wells Fargo Center is the most difficult arena to play in in the league. Why was that? Because of us being loud as fuck all the time. Like, and that's if you what remember, makes it difficult to play in another arena. It's the crowd. It's us. When we were voted most intimidating fans, that was the year we went 22 and 60. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can go to a hockey game and like, it's not, it's not like, I feel like people feel like if they cheer for the team when the team is bad, like somehow they're being some kind of like phony or yes, like inauthentic like, or like, I'm going to pull your fan card because you're not holding them accountable. Like, first of all, you holding them accountable doesn't mean fucking anything. It doesn't affect anything at all. The Flyers don't care that you're on Twitter talking shit about them. It doesn't matter. Um, but if you go to the game and you cheer and you're fun and it's a fun arena to play in, maybe that'll change something. It's never going to happen. But just think about it. No, like last night there was something extra... And you could see that it was important to the players. Like, yes. whether it's because it was G's yeah. last game against the Penguins, whether it's just the rivalry with the Penguins, and they were all like, boys, let's fucking play for once. Like, let's actually go out there and you know, really play you know, tonight. Like, We're going to shut these motherfuckers yeah, up. It was Crosby's night, and we wanted yes. to ruin Crosby's night. We exactly. wanted to send those people home unhappy. Like, there was just a little something extra last night, and it would be nice if, listen, like, this season's over, and... I don't blame anyone for just not going. No, like, don't go. Not. That's fine. But if you go, you know, maybe put your fucking phone down and watch the game and cheer for it a little bit, <laughs> or start a tweet. Hear the crowd. Look up. Find what's happening. <laughs> Enjoy it. Watch a bit. the game and then finish the tweet. Uh, yeah, which I, is what like, Kelly and I do. Right. Or we'll be like mid conversation and we'll just trail uh, off, yeah. and watch the hockey, and then pick up a few minutes later like nothing happened. Right. So, but, and, and and it's not going to happen this year. Like obviously. I mean, at this point in the season, it's, it's like done. they're not We're done. icing. Everything is done. Yeah, they're yeah. not icing an NHL team. If you have season tickets, like at this point, you're not even going to the fucking games. Like nobody cares. Maybe over the course of the rest of this season and the summer, you reflect on yourself and just think, 
if I spend the money to go to a hockey game, if I take the time out of my life to go and watch the sport live and in person, maybe I try to have fun and maybe I try to remember that I want this team to win and I do the only thing that I can do to help them win, which is cheer them on. Literally the only thing that I can do. Will it help? I don't know, but it won't hurt. That much I do know. So, you yeah, know. And like, whether we like it or not. Stop being so fucking miserable all the whether, time. Like, where I'm at now, like, I wish they were going to rebuild. They are not going to. So continuing for that to be like, this is what I want to see. Ha-, like, it isn't going to. So you need to, like, work with what they're going to give you. Right. I hope now, since they're not going to rebuild, the aggressive retool works. I am not rooting against the aggressive retool. I am hoping that this stupid plan that they have somehow works out. Because dumb shit happens all the time. Cincinnati Bengals were just in the Super Bowl. Stupid shit can happen. Uh, I, I have not been following the NFL since the Eagles won the Super Bowl because I truly do not give a shit. The Eagles got their cup. Their their cup. Their cup. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the Eagles cut their version of the Stanley Cup. Um, yeah, I have just have not given a shit. But when I saw that the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, I was like, this is going to be the Flyers in 20 years. Like, it's going to take 20 years oh for them to not be, be trash. So because in 20 that, years. I, 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 I don't even want to think about it. But 20 years long. ago, the Bengals were the laughing stock of the NFL. I know. I did the math, Bill. It was 2002, 2004. Like, remember? I don't like it. It was high school. That was 10 years ago, fam. Your, your math's off. 2002 <laughs> was 10 years ago. American right. Idiot came out like a week and a half ago. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, you're not wrong. Um, but yeah, like, do you remember those Bengals teams of the early aughts? That I was a the, nightmare. Uh, I love the Ocho Cinco teams. They were a lot of fun. I always root for any team in orange and black. I'm really pulling for the Baltimore Royals this year. I really think this is the Why not? year for them. Uh, do we got anything else? Sure. No. All right. Probably not. All right. So that is all the time we have for you. Watch on- the women's gold medal game tonight, 11 p.m. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Post games, pre games, this show, Fly Purbly. We put a lot of work into this. You should listen to it. It's all free. And then give us a five star review because it's good for us mentally. Uh, I, I, I saw a three star review this week. That was like, these. this show is dumb, but sometimes they're entertaining. I was like, what? All right. Three is better than two, I guess. But give us a five-star review. Sure. Don't be a stingy asshole. Give us a five. Uh, do it. All right, that's it. My name is Bill Matz. For Kelly, I, I for, need it. For Kelly and Steph and Charlie, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!